Hey everyone, Tessa Stuckey here with For the Sake of Our Youth. I just want to take a quick second to thank you for listening and joining me on this journey. This is a really scary world that we live in and being a parent is without a doubt the hardest job in the world. I am a mom of four, I'm a therapist, and now I'm an author. I'm so excited to announce that my book, For the Sake of Our Youth, was recently published in April. You can find it on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com. As a therapist, I get this amazing advantage to hear what's going on in today's world for our youth, and I just can't be quiet about it, to understand what's going on in today's culture and how it's affecting our kids' emotions. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it's not looking good. I have always said that I could talk about this forever, so much so that I could write a book about it. So I wrote the book about it, but I'm not done talking. So here we go. Ooh, also, sorry. If you're liking what you're hearing, go ahead and subscribe so that you get updated whenever there's a new episode that comes out. Maybe even leave a review. That would help other parents find this podcast easier. I would really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Also, if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can find me at the mom therapist. For more information, go to www.tessastuckey.com. Hello. So this is going to be the first episode that I'm not reading from my book. I'm kind of just going with the flow. I've gotten a lot of really great questions for parenting stuff. But before I dive into any questions on the podcast, I want to talk about emotional hygiene again. Yes, I talked about it in an episode when I was reading from my book. But I really want to take the time to expand on that because it is so crucial for every single individual's mental health to practice emotional hygiene. It's almost, I don't want to go as far as to say it's the secret to life, (laughs) but I kind of do feel like that right now. And in order to be a good mom or dad or spouse or employee or employer or anything, daughter, son, sister, brother, whatever, To in order to be the best version of yourself, you're going to have to practice some of this emotional hygiene. Because if you don't, then you're kind of just going through life, I want to say a little bit selfishly, <laughs> because you're not practicing what you need to f- feel emotionally strong and balanced therefore it is affecting other people and as I've said before hurt people hurt people so this is your duty and your job to take care of yourself and a lot of people call it self-care I call it emotional hygiene Um, I'm kind of sick of hearing the buzzword of self-care because I think it goes so much further than just going and getting like a massage or whatever I don't you know, what we need to feel emotionally strong and emotionally balanced so that we are as mentally healthy as we possibly can. And I will tell you guys, like as a mom, when I let this, when I let my emotional hygiene slide or I don't prioritize it, it affects my marriage. It affects my relationship with each of my boys And it affects my relationship with my clients. Like I can feel it. I can see it right in front of me. So I just, I feel very strongly about this. We've got to practice good emotional hygiene. 
Emotional hygiene is practicing self-awareness to nurture one's mental health by achieving emotional balance. So I think when I was talking about it through my book, here's the hard part. When I originally wrote my book, I was writing it to teenagers. But then my editor was like, no, teenagers probably aren't going to read this book. You need to write it to parents. And I said, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. My target audience is parents and teachers and adults. So let me write it to adults and parents. And then, but I had to like edit that section to to where it, it is written as if I'm teaching parents how to teach their kids about emotional hygiene. And it got kind of like, I don't know, complicated. But moral of the story is that everyone can benefit from practicing emotional hygiene and from being aware of what they need emotionally. So in my book, I talk about self-care and blah, blah, blah. So self-care is another, I suppose, word for emotional hygiene. It's another way to look at it. I don't think that everyone understands what self-care entails. They think it just means to go get your nails done or go get a massage or have a glass of wine and that's definitely not all that I mean by self-care also in my book when I was talking about self-care same story I was talking to parents about how to teach their kids how to practice self-care but again self-care is good for all individuals so emotional hygiene is practicing self-awareness to be in tuned with what you need to feel emotionally balanced on a daily or routine basis and that involves practicing self-care and prioritizing self-care so this is what I want you to do I break self-care down into four categories so if you're home if you're at your desk if you have a piece of paper and a pen I want you to write these four words down if you are driving come back to this point of the episode and do this when you get home or when you get to work So the first word I want you to write down is physical. Now leave a little space underneath that word. Write down social and leave a space under there. Then emotional, same thing, and then spiritual. Pause if you need to, (laughs) to catch up. So under physical, we're talking about everything you need to feel physically healthy. So that includes personal hygiene. That includes showering, brushing your teeth. It includes going, you know, prioritizing doctor's appointments for yourself. Um, Some sort of physical activity. Not everyone is really big into workout, working out. I'm very guilty of that. I'm not huge on working out. But I am really um, big on balance. So if I'm going to be a lazy bum all day, I better get my butt up and do some sort of physical activity to feel that balance. So it does, you don't have to say, oh, I'm going to start working out or I'm going to start or I'm, I have to work out. Look at it more as being physically active in one way or another, whether that's getting housework done, going for a walk, doing something that is, you know, getting your heart rate moving just a bit. Um, also under physical health is what you're consuming, right? Your diet. Are you drinking too much alcohol? Are you consuming too much unhealthy carbs? (laughs) 
all of that affects it. Also, sleep is in this category. Sleep is actually, I would say, in like all of the categories. But physical health, your sleep, the amount of sleep you're getting. So this is your physical self-care. So if you do, um, if sorry, I can hear my dog walking towards me and I don't want that to be on the episode. Hi, Lolita Bonita. Do you want to sit down? Go ahead and sit. If you are someone who does hold a lot of stress, like in your shoulders, in your back, or if you have, you know, joint issues or body problems that hurt, you're in pain, then absolutely a massage should be on your physical self-care list, right? So that is you taking care of your physical needs. Take the medication that you need to take. Do the things that need to be done so that you feel physically balanced. It does not mean that you are searching for like the best of the best, like physically your best, but you are striving to be physically balanced, okay? So make that list of what you need under the physical self-care. Okay, now moving on to the social self-care. This is how I approach this with my clients. Who are you spending your time with? Is it too much time? Is it too little time? Are they positive influences or negative influences? And not just are they making you do something that's negative, like are they negative in that way, but more like what is their attitude like? If you surround yourself with someone who has a negative outlook on life or negative attitude, it is going to be absorbed within yourself. We are absolutely affected by our surroundings. So if you are spending time with someone who has a lot of negativity going on or a lot of drama, you're going to start to feel that. Now, I'm not telling you to stop being friends with them. This could even be like your sister or your aunt or a good friend that you've had for a really long time. So I'm not saying cut them off. But what I am saying is practice some awareness. How much time is too much time with that person? And then let's set that boundary so that you aren't getting emotionally affected by it as much. And then on the flip side, what about the friends and the people in your life that have a positive influence on you, that lift you up, that bring the best out of you? Let's like spend a little bit more time on that side. (laughs) with those people then also being aware of like what's too much socializing for you what's too little socializing for you people talk as if like being an extrovert or being an introvert like those are bad things like if you're one or the other a lot of people feel that being introverted is a bad thing it's absolutely not a bad thing And being an overly extrovert person is not a bad thing. But being aware of what you need so you feel good in your social settings, so you feel balanced, is really important. I talked about this in in one of the episodes. I can't remember at this very moment. (laughs) But um, being an introvert is not does not mean you're like this recluse, isolated person who hates people. It just means that you need that alone time to fuel yourself up, to feel that balance. If you put yourself in social situations all the time and you're experiencing anxiety or you're overwhelmed or it's just too much, like stop it. It's not good for your mental health. Also under the social 
section, I want you to look at your social media use. What is too much? What are you benefiting from being on your phone and being on social media? Are you doing it for work? That's a lot of what I use it for. The moment that I find that I'm looking at somebody else's profile and I start to compare myself in a negative way, it's not driving me, it's not motivating me, but rather it's crushing me and I'm starting to experience some negative emotions, some hurtful emotions, that's when it's not productive anymore and you got to shut it off. You have to unfollow those people and you have to choose to not engage in that way of being on social media. So if it has, what are you, I ask again, what are you benefiting from it? Is it mindless scrolling? Um, are you using it to connect with loved ones that live across the country? Wonderful. Great. Are you, um, this is usually what I say. If there's no productivity being on social media or in that moment for you, then you're going to feel like crap when you put the phone down. But if there is some productivity, like whether it's to further your business or you wanted to um, see a picture that your aunt posted or whatever, then you don't feel like crap when you put your phone down. There's benefit from it. This is, this is one of the reasons why I struggle with TikTok is because typically there's not a lot of benefit from just watching these random videos. But anyway, I won't get into that. Okay, so that's for social, your social section. Okay, let's look at emotional. The emotional self-care is, it kind of goes along with the physical and the social, okay, and the spiritual. Maybe I should put the emotional last, but the emotional is what do you need to feel emotionally balanced today? What's going on for you that, you know, practicing self-awareness like I'm feeling drained or I'm feeling um, negative or I'm feeling great and motivated and driven, Okay, where's the balance? So what do you need that day? So when you wake up and you're feeling positive and motivated and driven, you don't have to put as much focus into the emotional section of self-care. But if it's the opposite and you're feeling like doo-doo, then you have to kind of practice that self-awareness so that you know what goes, what you need to focus on that day. And I know this is going to sound so silly, (laughs) But bear with me. So wait, um, the emotional section is that's like all your stress management. That's your emotional stability. Um, that's your self-talk, how you talk to yourself. Practicing positive affirmations. Um, what else is in the emotional category? Practicing empathy and kindness and compassion for others. Helping others. These are all really great examples of what you need to focus on in your emotional self-care I know so I know this is going to sound so silly but whatever I'm just going to be honest with you guys but you know with my job it's very heavy there are a lot of people that come in and they share a lot of stuff that I have to I have been trained to take on and help walk them through that but I'm not gonna lie at the end of the day I feel a weight And sometimes I feel emotionally dark and it can be a lot 
So the last thing that I want to do is come home and deal with anything else that's going to add to that weight. And that includes, this is going to sound silly, but that includes what I watch on TV. So I'm one of those people who's very guilty of like, I love true crime, which I don't know why I love true crime because I hate horror films. And if you listen to my haunted house episode, like I hate that stuff. But for some reason, I like true crime, which (laughs) makes zero sense in my head because it's a true story. It's not fake, but regardless, I like true crimes. I love documentaries. I love learning new things, but sometimes that stuff can be very heavy. I mean, obviously the true crime stuff can be very heavy or like, um, like when Game of Thrones was out, like I loved Game of Thrones and watching that, but it's a lot like you have to pay attention and like really know what they're saying and what's happening. And at the end of my work days, which I only work three days a week at the end of my work days, that was just too much for my emotional bucket. Like I was totally toppling over. I did not feel balanced at all. And sometimes rolling over into the next day, like I'd be drained the next day and just couldn't snap out of it. So I found that writing, writing, that watching really lighthearted shows is really helpful for me and necessary. So I have to be aware of how I'm feeling emotionally to decide even what I want to or what I can handle watching on TV. So, you know, this girl right here loves her some reality TV. I love me some housewives. So that's a good option (laughs) for me. But then also, you know, some like lighthearted comedies like Modern Family or New Girl. I love New Girl. Or something that I've already seen before. Like I love Grey's Anatomy and I know that that can be really heavy and dramatic. But I don't know. That to me is different because I've already seen it and... Anyway, so being aware of how you're feeling emotionally and what you need or don't need or not need, what you need or don't want to take on is really important to keeping yourself emotionally balanced. Okay, so the next one is spiritual. So a lot of times when I say this word, people, or at least my teenage clients respond with, ooh, I haven't been to church in a while. Um, I don't necessarily mean religion. I mean spirits. So not spirits, but your spirit, your own spirit. But that does include religion. You know, I know for me when I go to church, which is not that often, albeit I'll admit it, but when we do go, I do feel that positive vibe. So that kind of goes into the social stuff too, right? But when I'm talking about spiritual, I mean more your own connection with yourself And if you are religious, with God or whatever you practice. So I would say going to church or Bible study or something like that falls more in your social social self-care. So if you are religious and you are kind of stepping back from going to church, I know with the pandemic it's been really hard or like you're not part of a Bible study, but you have had um, positive, you've loved Bible study in the past, like and good connections that way. That's exactly what I mean with social self-care is what do you need to feel that positive vibe? Okay, go to church. You need to go to church more. Um, but when I talk about spiritual, I mean, if, like I said, if you are a Christian, your connection with God, just your own relationship with God, your own relationship with yourself. So this is when your alone time is really important. 
and you have to figure out how to kind of make your alone time a reality and a priority within your busy, crazy, chaotic lifestyle. I know for me, I have to wake up early. Like I usually wake up at 5.30 and the boys wake up around 6.15 and between 5.30 and 6, I give my, you know, I got my coffee. I've already taken the dog out and I sit and I either journal or I read something inspirational that will hopefully start my day on a good note. Does it happen every single morning where I'm just like happy and wonderful because of this? No, things happen. But I will I will tell you 100% that it has helped drop the frequency of bad mornings and bad days. Waking up early for me and starting my day with journaling and talking about what I need I mean, that right there is my emotional hygiene because I write it all out. I write out how I'm feeling, how yesterday was, what I need for today. I mean, for me, that is exactly what I'm trying to do. But um, also, I've mentioned in other episodes, like your self-growth philosophy. I talk a lot about that when I'm journaling. Like, focusing on who you are and what you want to be, who you want to be, what you want to do. Um, and what you need, what's best for you. For a lot of people, it's meditation, um, yoga, um, just really healthy breathing treatments. It can it can go really far. So say you're not a morning person or say the morning time doesn't work for you. It's really great to do at the end of the day too. It's a really wonderful way to end the day by having that alone time and fo- you know kind of honing in on, what you need, how you're feeling, and where you you are on the scale with emotional balance. Um, and then finally, I've mentioned this before, and I, I this will not be the last time I'm sure of it, but practicing gratitude goes a really long way. You can get gratitude journals that are specifically like 365 entries, and you just write the things that you're grateful for in those entries. It's really helpful, and studies show that practicing gratitude by listing at least three things you're grateful for at the end of each day helps with sleep health and all sorts of restful peaceful and positive emotions for people so it's very comforting um and I I love to do it and there I'm not gonna lie there's been some days when I'm like I have nothing to be grateful for today was a crappy day and then the more I'm thinking about it or like I'll just start writing like stupid silly stuff like well I'm grateful I'm in bed right now or I'm grateful you know that it's you know I don't know Thursday (laughs) or I'll think back and I'll say okay I'm grateful I have a car I am grateful for that I'm grateful that I was on time for work today I'm grateful for I'm grateful for the bus with my kids you know or I'm grateful that I'm healthy I'm grateful that the kids are healthy so it's just a, a matter of of kind of circling back to what's important to you and what you can find um, gratitude towards so okay so now you've got these four self-care categories if you will and the ones that you put at the top this isn't the case for everyone but typically the ones that you listed you know first in each of those categories are the ones that you want to prioritize the most okay so I don't know, maybe you listed off of what I was saying, so I guess that doesn't really count, but um, maybe you didn't. Maybe you went off, you know, paused this and thought for yourself about 
you know, thought differently than what I was sharing about what to put in each section. But either way, these are the things that are most important to you that you need to prioritize. And when I say emotional hygiene, I really do mean you practice that on a daily basis. And it's hard. And sometimes it's just easier to forget about our emotions and to either, you know, brush them under the rug or, you know, just try not to pay attention to them. Or maybe we're feeling like crap for a long time and it's gotten really heavy and it's gotten really dark and we don't want to feel our emotions. But I'm telling you right now that if you can practice a little bit of this emotional hygiene daily and routinely, you will start to see that progress, that growth, and that positive change that you need to feel fulfilled, motivated, fueled, and energized emotionally to get through every day. And it's not to say that you're never going to have a bad day, but it's just a really great way for you to break down what do I need to feel like me? What do I need to feel the best version of myself to make sure that my cup is always full so I can help fill other people's cups? So if you guys are liking what you're hearing, I would love it if you could give me some feedback. Actually, scratch that. Even if you especially if you don't like what you're hearing. I love feedback. Even if it's not the nicest, I want to hear all about it. Even if it's about crappy audio or I edited something weird or I said a word in a weird way, which that does happen sometimes. Anything or I'm smacking my gum, which I'm trying not to do. I'm trying not to have gum when I record. Um, anything or if I'm saying um too much or talking too much, whatever, I want to hear it. And so before you go, just, hey, that's like that song. I love that song. Can I sing? You want me to sing it for you? So before you go, you know what I mean? Was there something I could have said to make your heart beat better? If only I'd have known you had a storm to weather. I think I'm going to make that like my theme song. Well, I can't make it my theme song, but... So, before you go, was there something I could have said to make it all stop hurting? Kills me how your mind can make you feel so worthless. So, before you go, I like that. (laughs) For those of you who don't know me, I love to sing even if I shouldn't. So, there you go. Leave me a review on the podcast, on Apple Podcasts. I would love it. I would really appreciate it. Write me, DM me, whatever. Go to the link in my bio on Instagram at The Mom Therapist, and there's a tab there that says Ask Tessa. You can literally call in a question or comment or feedback or whatever. Just let me know. I love interacting with people, and because of COVID, I haven't had the chance to do that as much. So, yeah. Talk to me.